Life Audio. You are listening to Hope for Women with Father Wounds, Episode 47, Exchanging Father Wounds for the Love of God the Father with Patrice Burrell. I'm your host, Kia Stevens. This podcast is for women who have experienced pain in their father-daughter relationship as a result of divorce, abandonment, abuse, incarceration, addiction, or a physically present but emotionally absent father. The aim of this podcast is to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. If you're benefiting from this podcast and think it might help another woman, I encourage you to share it with a friend, rate, comment, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Today's conversation is with Patrice Burrell. Patrice champions women to live authentically and pursue God passionately. She loves pointing others to the grace of God rooted in the truth of scripture. Patrice is an author, life coach, and worship leader who loves practicing the presence of God in practical ways through a lifestyle anchored in spiritual disciplines. As a Bible teacher and preacher, she exhorts women to remember that their true identity is found in Christ, not culture. When not serving at her local church with the small group and singles ministry, Patrice enjoys visiting local Orlando attractions, going to the beach, and finding unique ways to explore her writing creativity. You can connect with Patrice on her blog, Warrior Woman Blog, on social media, in her Facebook community, Warrior Women, and at Patrice Burrell Ministries on Facebook and Instagram. Now let's dive in. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Well, hello, ladies. I am super excited to be interviewing Patrice Burrell. Patrice, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Kia. Thanks for having me. So glad to be with you. I'm honored to have you. And for those of you who are new to Patrice, I just want to get started by sharing her bio with you so you can have a little bit of familiarity before we dive into our interview. Championing women to live authentically and pursue God passionately, Patrice Burrell loves pointing others to the grace of God, Rooted in the truth of scripture, Patrice is an author, life coach, and worship leader who loves practicing the presence of God in practical ways through a lifestyle anchored in spiritual disciplines. As a Bible teacher and preacher, she exhorts women to remember that their true identity is found in Christ, not culture. 
When not serving at her local church with the small groups and singles ministries, Patrice enjoys visiting local Orlando attractions, going to the beach, and finding unique ways to explore her writing creativity. Awesome. I can't, I have to say, I'm a little bit jealous that you get to go to the beach on the regular, Patrice. I don't know. <laughs> I have my happy place. Oh, that's your happy place? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mine too. Mine too. It just takes me a little bit longer to get to the happy over here in Georgia, but it's all good. So let's go ahead and start off and talk a little bit about your childhood growing up. What was life like when you were little? So growing up, my home looked like my mother and my sister, an older sister. It also looked like my father being present at different times, sometimes from a distance. Also his job, physically, he was not always in the same city because of his job. And then additionally, my father was married and he had another family. So that's a bit of the backdrop. But also I had a very strong presence from my grandparents. My maternal grandparents had a very active role in my life. Most days after school, I was at their home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for you growing up, uh, I hear you saying that your maternal grandparents were pretty active and, and it sounds like it was a fairly happy childhood. Did you notice that it was different to have your dad periodically be there and not be there all the time? Or, you know, did you not notice that? I think I noticed it from a young age. I just never felt the immediate impact of it in my younger years because I did have that extra support system there with my grandparents. And our home was a home of love. I mean, I was surrounded by people who loved me and I was surrounded by people who affirmed me, particularly my grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And so did on those visits with your dad, did you get a chance to really know him and know what type of person he was, what he liked, what he disliked? Yeah. I mean, I pretty much had many opportunities growing up to interact with him. My father was well known and well respected in the community. He was heavily involved with politics and social justice in our community. He helped to organize the local NAACP branch where we lived. He was extremely outspoken. To his credit, he was brilliant. I mean, he had a brilliant mind. And so he did a lot of good for a lot of people. Ironically, my father, you know, in the early days with a lot of different issues going on with race relationships, he, and of course, he lived in Louisiana. So that gives you some context with the really deep south. But he protested and was arrested in a church because he did not go to the balcony section, which was reserved for Blacks only. But when he died, he was buried in that same church. That's where his funeral was. So it kind of gives you that full circle perspective. And so I think in a lot of ways, in terms of my intellectualism and love for books and knowledge, I got a lot of that from my dad. He was just that kind of person, very, very well-rounded. And he had a heart for community. He really did. Wow. And so when did you start to be impacted by his kind of in and out presence in your life? I would say about the time I was junior high, I know middle school is probably now how we say it, but back in the day, (laughs) it was junior high. And he, at that point, I believe my relationship with him was contingent upon his relationship with my mother. So, you know, sometimes how well or not the communication process is between the adults that trickles down to the children, right? 
And so I definitely felt it then. I remember different instances of, you know, father-daughter event that were happening when I was in high school where he wasn't able to participate or accompany me. So I definitely, by the time I was in junior high, began to really see that there were some differences between me and people who had their father in the home with them. And what type of emotions did you have as you processed that? You know, I don't, I don't know that I always at that point in my life was able to process beyond just the feeling, the initial feelings of being rejected, feelings of abandonment, feelings of, you know, there was a part of me that felt like my father was ashamed of me or embarrassed, you know, because I was the, the outside child, so to speak. So as I matured as a grown woman, it kind of haunted me. You, you know, you don't just get over things if they're not addressed, if they're not resolved intentionally. And so as a grown woman, I can look back and see that those things had an influence on the way I chose my own relationships into my first marriage because there were just certain things foundationally that I didn't have even just knowledge about mm. that most women get from their father. And so not having that, I just had to kind of figure things out, <laughs> unfortunately. But through that, I still see the hand of God. I still am grateful for his mercy, for his grace, you know, and the ability to look back on it and see that even though that was my experience, there was never a time that God wasn't present, that God wasn't with me, that he wasn't divinely orchestrating everything that was happening. Sure. And I love your take on it. Just the ability to see to see God in it is an example of the fact that God exists. You know, he enables us to see him even in some of the difficult and challenging parts of our life. I'm wondering, was there ever a point in your life that where things kind of came to a tipping point, you know, in your adult life where where you really were like, man, I miss this and I miss this and I miss this. I know it happened for me. Probably at year five of my marriage, you know, when I when I got some counseling and really began to process the absence of my father, and I could see how I missed him at some critical points, at some critical junctures. Where I needed his wisdom, I needed his advice, I needed his protection, and I needed his his counsel. Had he been able to offer it, I needed it, you know. So, was there a point like that in your life where things kind of came to a head? Yeah, you know, I think that definitely at the point that I went through divorce and I had a lot of reflecting to do about things that led me to that point. And a lot of that for me was, again, like I said, I just didn't have relationship models outside of my grandparent to say this is what it looks like to be a healthy, godly, godly centered relationship. And even to know things relationally in terms of being in a relationship with a male, you know, that your father should tell you this is how you are to be treated. This is what you should expect. Those kinds of things I just did not have. And I feel as if even at that point, I realized my father, he wasn't able to commit to our relationship because he had his own baggage. He had his own scars, his own hurt, his own, you know, fill in the blank from things that she had never experienced healing. And that healing can only comes when we surrender it back to God. Mm. So in that regard, you cannot expect to receive something from someone that they don't have. People can't give you what they don't have. So, so true. I'm wondering, there may be somebody who's listening now and they're saying, you know what, I'm in that place right now where, 
either I'm walking through a divorce or I'm doing some self-reflection and I'm seeing some things that I miss and I'm trying to process it, but I'm struggling. What are some things that you did to, to process it? I think, number one, you have to be honest with yourself and with God. It's okay to own your grief. It's okay to acknowledge that, you know, I've lost something or that I was denied something, however the circumstances may be. That should have happened. That should have been a part of my normal growth and development, right? And and not feel as is you don't have the right mm-hmm. to, to grieve that because you do. All little girls want to grow up feeling love. All girls want to be accepted by their father adored and endeared, right? And so there, there's a certain kind of affirmation and validation that happens from your earthly father. And the other thing that I had to realize, again, is that my father could not give me something that he lacked. So I had a choice to make. I was either going to be bitter about what I did not receive, or I was going to choose to forgive him and love him anyway. And that's what I chose. I chose to forgive him because I realized that even though he was the source of some of my own hurts, he was not the person who could fix. I had to bring that to God. My father would not have the ability to heal my broken heart anyway. So I had to give all of that to God. And in doing that, God graciously gave me the ability to forgive him and not only to forgive him, but to genuinely love him, you know, to accept that my father loved me the best way he knew to love me, even when he didn't know how to express that. Right. And I realize now he always loved me. He just didn't know how to express it. You know, so today, you know, I can honor his memory. I can choose to to celebrate his life because it's not all that, right? And I can choose to appreciate the good that he did. It doesn't take away that there were pockets of time and space that he wasn't there, but I can't cling to that more than I choose to cling to the abundant life that God now offers me. I can't allow what happened or didn't happen in my relationship with my father to prevent me from being able to receive the love of my heavenly father and the healing that he offers me. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And I think, you know, for so many women just, you know, want to encourage you because it is definitely a journey if you're listening and you're like, oh, I want to be where Patrice is, but I just don't know if I can. It takes time. For me, it has taken a ton of stuff, you know, counseling, a couple things through counseling, you know, and prayer and reading the same scripture over and over again. It's just it takes time. It it just really takes time to to grieve and to truly give it to God and, and lay it at his feet. But it is possible. And I, I appreciate that in, in what Patrice is saying. So Patrice, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. One of the things that I had to also do, I think that was a part of my healing journey is accepting what I have. Because sometimes in the process of reading, we get so fixated on what we didn't receive or what we don't have for those of us who, you know, fathers may still be alive, but we're just not in a good place with them is that I had to embrace and accept what God was providing for me. 
you know, God did provide a grandfather for me. He was not my biological father, but he was a, a father-like figure in my life in that particular season. In other seasons of my life, God sent male mentors in college, even the pastors that I have served alongside with the ministry, they've all been a part of that healing process. And so one of the things that we have to be careful of in grief is that we do not allow our grieving to, to take us to a place of perpetual mourning to the point that we're not able to receive what we do have. Because if you only get fixated and stuck on what you don't have, then it's hard to see what could be right around you. You know, God has a way of putting the right people at the right time in our place. And so I'm sure that we will cross paths with men who will be like big brothers to us or pastors or mentors or whatever that case might be. And God does that because he wants to use those relationships as a part of our healing process as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you for adding that, that, you know, sometimes we can fixate on the ideal and find a, a struggle to embrace the real, what what is is, is reality in our life. And, and it doesn't necessarily have to be bad. It just may be what we weren't looking for or expecting. So thank you for bringing that point. And I do want to also say, you know, God does not always use a male person to love on us in the way that our biological fathers did. But sometimes he does. But it's not that we go out looking for these people. <laughs> right. Because that's a, you know, that's just a dangerous have to take if you're, you know, coming across as needy or you're looking for people to step in and and be the father that your biological dad was not. Don't do that. Right. You start with God. You trust God. And if God so chooses to bring those people into your life, he will. But you don't have to go looking for it. I just wanted to say that, you know, because I, I know for myself, there have been times where I was looking at these male figures as, oh, you know, maybe you'll provide me with that affirmation or with that balance or with, you know, whatever, whatever. But that's not God's plan that we approach people. But if he chooses to bring them into our life, he will. Absolutely. And nobody can place your father, you know. This is true. Yes. Mm-hmm. So with your dad, did you ever, did you ever get to come to him and make peace with him or find closure with him? So as you know, my father passed away in be five years this year. And unfortunately, I did not have that closure that I honestly can't prayed for and asked God. I wanted there to be a place in time before he left the earth that our relationship would have been reconciled because prior to that, we were not communicating on a regular basis, not because I didn't want that, but there were just different choices that he had made. And, you know, I had to accept all of that. But I, prior to my father's passing, I felt like God wanted me to reach out to him at one, once more, a couple months before he passed away. And I did. And that is something that has given me peace. I don't know if my father ever received my gesture. He never responded to it. I don't know if, I don't know. But the other thing that has given me peace is knowing that, you know, it's not all bad. And when I look back, for example, my senior year of high school, my father bought me a car and it was a stick shift, <laughs> but I didn't know how to drive a stick shift. And so in one weekend, I 
drove back to Louisiana because at that point we were living in Florida. And my father spent the whole day, like we were on this bad country road in Louisiana, just over and over and over teaching me how to drive a stick shift. He was like, you know, you've got to drive in New Orleans traffic and all of that. And so, you know, it wasn't all bad. He had his way and we all have our way. You know, there are things about our humanity that it's just going to disappoint. We're not, we're going to fall short, right? But I'm grateful that I've been able to find that closure and realize that, again, now I can see even when maybe I didn't feel that I was performing to his liking or this was the reason why he chose not to have that more intimate relationship at certain points in my life. It wasn't because of any of that that had to do with him loving me. It was simply because that's where he was. And again, he could not give beyond where he was. But I, I know now he always loved me. Yeah. And I and I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. I would venture to say that most dads probably all love their daughters in some way, whether they have the capacity to love in the way that the daughter desires to be loved or whether their love is masked with shame and guilt and inadequacy or insecurity. But I, I would venture to say that most fathers, if they know about their daughter, love them. I could be wrong. But that that is just something that I, I believe. And the other thing that I want to say is that I hope if you're listening and you have not gotten closure with your dad or closure with your dad, it's just impossible. It's something that can't be done, maybe because he's deceased or because he is addicted to a substance or alcohol or he's he's just not communicative. You know, I hope that you have found a sense of peace through what Patrice is saying and knowing that you can know peace without having a perfect situation or scenario with your biological dad. If you've done all that you can do, I'm thinking of the scripture, I believe it's in Romans, but I could be wrong, that says, in as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If you've done all that you can do, that's all you can do, you know, and I love that the Apostle Paul says, in as much as, as it depends on you. If you've done everything within your power, you know, that that's all that you really can do. Absolutely. Everything the love of God, because that that right there is I think if I've learned anything, it's been that my relationship with my earthly father has in no way uh, reflected the love that God has for me. And his love is sufficient. His love, the validation of his love alone is so much more than any earthly person, father, other relationship could ever provide to us. And so that's what makes the difference. And even beyond my brokenness, the brokenness of my circumstance, I still have hope because I have Jesus. And that's the whole point. He came that we could have life and more abundantly. We don't have to stay in that place of brokenness. We don't have to stay, you know, victimized because of the things that have happened to us. We assess the situation for what it is. We deal with it. We address it. But we keep moving because that that does not get to define who we are or the end of our story. Amen. Amen. That's such great encouragement, especially if you're listening and you're saying, I feel broken right now. I feel hurt right now. I feel steeped in in the pain right now. 
First, let me say I understand. <laughs> but second, let me say, you know, let's glean from the hope that our sister Patrice is sharing with us that that doesn't have to define you, that God came to offer you abundance and hope and peace and validation and affirmation and in all the ways, all the things that we may have missed from our biological father. Uh, God is giving it to us freely and lavishly, uh, our heavenly father. So such good reminders, Patrice. I would love for you to share with us, Patrice, what you wish your younger self knew. Those times when maybe you were feeling the impact of having a family that maybe didn't look like some of the other families where there was a two-parent household. What is something that you would want your younger self to know? That guy always seen me. He always knew me. I was always loved. Mm-hmm. And that is none of that stuff. None of the, the situations around me could undo that, nor could it undo God's plan for my life. Despite all of that, he still had a plan for me. Exactly. Exactly. That's so beautiful and so good. I think it's applicable to any woman that's listening today and you find yourself in a place of discouragement. You, There's never been a time where God didn't see you or know your name or know how many hairs were on your head or there never been a day where he wasn't thinking about you and wanting you to know how much he loved you. So I think that that is just an encouragement that we can kind of tuck away in our hearts and carry it with us. Is there anything else that you would want to say to a woman that's listening today and maybe they, they have also experienced a difficult relationship or no relationship at all with their biological father. I wanted to say, kind of reiterate what you said about whatever you can do, whatever you can do, whatever you feel led to do in the context of being in a healthy place, because you can't, you can't allow yourself to do things that are going to put your own mental, emotional health at risk. However, whatever God leads you to do so that you can find peace, it's okay to do that. If you feel like you need to write a letter, if you feel like you need to go to counseling, if you feel like you need to journal, if you feel like, you know, you need to make a visit one last time or whatever, do what you feel you need to do, but don't stay stuck in that place. Don't allow whatever your father's flaws were to become the issue that keeps you bound from being able to have that forward movement because God has so much life for us to live. And we want to do it from a place that's whole, that's healed. That word shalom means what? Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing fragmented. And so we can still embrace the abundant life that God has for us. Do what we need to do, but continue to move forward. Mm-hmm. So good. I'm thinking all of the above. I've got all of them. Kathleen, a letter. <laughs> Uh, only thing you didn't say was a bubble bath with some Godiva chocolate, which I've also done <laughs> as well, you know, so, but you know, whatever it takes you to know healing and, and just the abundant life that God has promised us. This has been such a delightful interview, Patrice. You had so many great nuggets and I, I really appreciate you for being transparent and vulnerable with us as you talked about your dad. If ladies are interested in connecting with you, how can we find you on the internet? Yes, thank you so much, Kia, for the invitation. It has been such a joy to be here with you today. You can connect with me, of course, at my website, patriceburrell.com. And 
I hang out in two places on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Patrice Corral Ministries. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you ladies, if you have enjoyed being talked to by Patrice and hearing her story, I encourage you to engage with her on her website and then also on social media. And as always, the information that she shared her website will be included in the show notes. So thank you so much for joining us and I hope you tune in for our next episode. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, episode 47, Exchanging Father Wounds for the Love of God the Father with Patrice Burrell. I hope this episode has been an encouragement to you. And I want you to know, sis, whether your dad is deceased, absent, divorced, unavailable, incarcerated, or you don't know who he is, sis, There's hope for you. Hope to be healed. Hope to be secure. Hope to be free. Completely free. Hope to be satisfied with the love of God. Yes, there is hope for women with father wounds. This was episode 47 of Hope for Women with Father Wounds. I am your host, Kia Stevens. If you are benefiting from this podcast and think it might help another woman, I encourage you to share it with a friend, rate, comment, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Be sure and check out the links associated with this podcast so you can access several free resources for you. Also, for even more support, I encourage you to purchase my newly released book, Overcoming Father Wounds, Exchanging Your Pain for God's Perfect Love, wherever books are sold. Thanks for listening to this episode, and I hope you will join me for episode 48, Exchanging Father Wounds for the Love of God the Father with Quinise Petaway. Hope for Women with Father Wounds is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.